This is the remix. Matthew Joseph into the offensive zone Shoot right it, circle. Kid. Let's go, Maroon! Score! Ben Maroon! Ben Maroon! And this game is tied up 2-2 with 6-12 left. Whacking that thing around. In behind the net, Vasilevsky gave it away to Evans. Back to the blue line. Romano, snapshot, scores! Shove it in. Anderson's able to get it out, and he'll turn the corner on Ruta. He's got a man in front. Ruta gets back. Chance by Caulfield. Anderson scores! Josh Anderson, the overtime hero, and the Canadians are still alive. Do you think they've slayed the dragon, and now it's just a matter of, uh, of cooking up some, some supper? Wow. Sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. I don't remember the context of when I said whacking that thing around. <laughs> was that you? I thought that was, was Millard. That? No. What? I thought it was me. Whacking that thing around. That's that's it. Whacking that thing around. <laughs> no. I think it is. No, that is... Um, what is that? Play it again. Play it again, Jerry. Oh, God. <laughs> whacking that thing around. That's not Ed. That's uh, that's uh, Brian who does the Silver Knights games. Ah, uh, no. That's Play it, it again. It, it's whacking that thing around. That is not Ed. Well, let me say this. I'm glad it's not. Where, okay. It is Ed because I had no idea what the context the was. Where is the highlight of Jake Bischoff clearing the puck from behind the oh, net? For God's sake! All right, um, I'll go find, find it. that. You think it's a play-by-play guy? Yes, that's the guy that calls the Silver Knights games. I don't think you're right, but all right. Well, I find it, you guys. Hey, I don't want it to be me. Because, <laughs> like I just said, I'm like, why the hell did I ever say that? <laughs> like, that's why I asked you, what's the context of whacking that thing around? Like, yeah, it's, that can't be good. We, we know you said shove it in. <laughs> we know that. That's yeah, right. By the way, Jared, can we not play two clips where I say both whacking that thing around and shoving it in? Because people, said people might Somebody not know else, what we're talking Somebody about. Somebody else said <laughs> the groins aren't very good, around. usually. The groins aren't very good, usually. <laughs> now I'm talking about groins. Yeah, and bubble butts. We'll get yeah. you in here bubble butts. How has this show Mike, not man. been suspended it's for great. at least a week? Um, so Tampa Bay, they lost. They could have swept the Canadians last night. Actually, okay, do the Golden Knights get any level of vindication that Tampa Bay had a four-minute power play at the end of regulation and into overtime and could not score? Do they get any vindication to the Golden Knights because they didn't score a single power play goal in their series that Tampa Bay, the best team on earth, couldn't close out the series with a power play goal for four minutes? No. No. Oh, man. They lost to that team in six games. What if Montreal wins another game, sends it to six? Well, vindication. Yeah, that's like the whole Giannis down the road thing. So if they win one more and it goes to six, I guess it's vind- – I don't know if it's vindication. Like when it was 3 0, like I saw at least 30 people tweet. Knights lost to these dudes in six. Like they it was did. like they you did. might been a one you might been one of them tweeting out for all I know, but yeah, it's like that's all I said. I was like, they lost these guys in six. These guys are gonna get swept. They did they yeah. lost to this crappy team? <laughs> Tampa Bay. Oh, by the way, Anderson scores last night. I'm sorry, I know like I like him as much as anyone. I thought they gave Cole Caulfield a little too much credit 
where he was kind of in front of the net and it was like it was a it was like a rebound and he scored I'm like he was just kind of there like they <laughs> wanted to give him credit for something like first of all he missed he missed the follow up right he's the one who missed it so it's like okay I guess he missed it well enough to where it bounced a certain way where Anderson can come back and score it I kind of give all the credit to that goal to Anderson I'm not giving Cole Caulfield much credit 90% of hockey is just sort of being there just just sort of be there. That's that is 90% oddly of poetic. Just be there. Yeah. 90% of life. Just be just there. Just be in there. In hockey. Just, 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 just there's a t-shirt of, in there, Jared. All right. all right. Yeah, I've got two Bischoff things from the Silver Knights. If you want them. Yeah, we want to see if this Play is me one. or... Yeah. Yes. Barracuda on the four check. Hamilick behind the net. Being worked over by Bischoff. Bischoff worked the puck free nicely, and he clears the puck to center where Jermaine Lowen will catch up to it. That is the same. Now play whacking that thing around. Whacking that thing around. That is the same. Okay, voice. all right. I think he hurt his head when he fainted. That is okay. A- I think it's me, but I thought you meant. <laughs> this is silly. I thought you meant that guy had a play-by-play where he actually said whacking that thing around. That's what I he thought. You're did. just playing his voice. Play, play the other highlight. All right. Well, hold on. I gotta hope. So I, I gotta hope oh, this I, is the right. You're highlight. just playing his voice and trying to compare the voice. I thought the guy actually said whacking that thing around. Well, you got to wonder if Imama called for that one. It looked like Bischoff was leaving it for him, and there wasn't a teammate around. The, the classic name call move. <laughs> oh, this is Bishy Bishy. Well, especially, Mike, so many teams customarily in the neutral zone. That's how they try to break the neutral zone. They'll just do that drop back pass, and that's a very good point because Jake Bischoff looked like he expected somebody to be there. Absolutely, and if you're ever in doubt, just put a Y on somebody's, at the end of somebody's name. You probably have their nickname, Bishy Bishy. You never know. See, I, I don't think, think it's him. I think whacking that thing around is me because whacking that thing around gives no no impression that I'm Canadian. No impression. Brian's not Canadian. He's is from he? Texas, I believe. Yeah. Oh, I just assumed they're all Canadian. All right. You Actually, can, he might be from the East Coast. There are multiple voices in that second one. All right. Play, again, play whacking that thing around. Whacking that thing around. Yes. And me. then play Brian's play by play. Just Barracuda Brian. on the four check. Hamilick behind the net. Not even close. Worked same over close. by Bischoff. The Bischoff works the no, puck pretty nicely. Close. He clears the puck to center Look, where Jermaine Lowen will catch it's up. It's not to that it. I want to admit I said whacking that thing around. I just think it's me right. saying that. Hold on. Let me play this one. Shove it in. Whacking that thing yeah, around. Yeah, that's the same. That is same. not the same, same voice. Listen, you... I want you to be well and healthy, but did you hit your head when yeah, you fainted? What because are you two there's talking something... about? <laughs> there, we've got to call the girlfriend. This is you. Those are not yeah. the yeah. same all right, all right, voice. Well, let's try. All right, all right. The groins aren't very good usually. Whacking that thing yeah, around. It's the exact no, same. It's it's the exact same, Tyler. You're up like it's the seven same. octaves. Well, listen to me now. <laughs> I climb octaves as we go along with this stuff, but I as, I, as we go along with I, whacking that thing I, around. I think it's me. I think it's me. I don't want it to be me because, like, I asked with this whole bit started. I'm like, what was the context of me saying whacking that thing around on the same I, Brit that he has me shoving it in? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure both came out of. The fact that the Golden Knights couldn't beat the Dallas Stars and the 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 puck wouldn't go in the net. I'm going to make you play every highlight you've ever pulled from the Silver Knights. I've only you, ever pulled two. Until you find he's him got two of them, and I thought the guy was around. Canadian instead he's from Texas. Until you find him saying whacking that thing around, Ugh. because I am confident that that is Brian who does play by play. I'm for the, the one who Knights. pulled the whacking the thing around, and I labeled it You're Ed Grady. You're the least trustworthy person I know, so I don't believe that at all. That is not uh, untrue. All right, uh, do we have the mayor of Tampa Bay? So. The Lightning up 3-0 in this series going into game four. And yesterday, the mayor of Tampa said this. 
Here's what we would like. What we would like is for the Lightning to take it a little bit easy, to give the Canadians just the smallest break, allow them to win one at home, and then bring it back to the Amelie Arena for the final and the winning of the Stanley Cup. But we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but they are playing some amazing, amazing hockey. Is that worse than Steve Sisolak before the 2018 Stanley Cup final saying that they should have a parade for the Golden Knights even if they lost the Stanley Cup final? That's a tough one. That's a great question. I forgot Sisolak said that. (laughs) No, because I think Tampa Bay is worse because everyone was so wrapped up in the expansion season and what an incredible storyline it was. And, hey, no one, no expansion teams ever got to the final. So even if they lose, give them a prayer because it was such an amazing season. This is a person whose team won the Stanley Cup like six days ago. <laughs> so, first of all, completely stupid thing to say. I'm sorry. Just a complete stupid. Now it's 3-1. Uh, as I just read on Twitter, it's not like the Habs ever come back from 3-1. Uh, so I just want... I want more than anything somehow there to be some kind of issue in this country between Vegas and Tampa where you've got Goodman on one end, this woman <laughs> the other, and Anderson Cooper in the middle. And he's having to he's having to kind of be uh, the person in charge of the debate going back and forth because Anderson Cooper might retire at that point. I don't know if he can do better than that. How Like just his head and his hands going, how oh. did we get on strip clubs? Yes. Um, that would be awesome because – this was a completely stupid thing to say. Can you imagine, like, you like out front, if you're John Cooper and players, oh, you know, we love our town, we love our mayor, ha, huh? behind the scenes, like, what the hell is she saying that for? Like, like yeah, let's lose a game in the Stanley Cup final. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> It'll help, help build character. Yeah, let's help the character. Of the- okay. It's so good. Um, do we know, did Steve Sisolak ever pay off his bet with that random guy from Canada? Oh, with the Montreal? I'm Whatever. Sure. I can't remember Did what they, they call their governors in, in Canada. Something Didn't, weird. Uh, premier, right? Premier, Sislack, that's right. Uh, Sislack put up some freight ranch. Well, yeah, ball. so so the, the premier in Quebec uh, tried to bet him, hey, the loser's got to wear the jersey of the, the winning team, and Sisolak responded with, I'll, I'll up the ante or whatever. Put freight ranch and some put alcohol. put some alcohol in the line. Yeah. Uh, I never saw the Canadian it. guy respond. But I also don't know if Sisolak's paid off the bet. I don't know if they actually made it or not. It also could be that aren't they waiting till July 10th to loosen borders between Canada and the United States? The Free Ranch ranch can't get over the border right now. There's there's an assistant to the governor standing outside the Canadian border going, (laughs) why do I have to deliver this by hand? Some box in New Jersey right now has a jersey and a a Free Ranch in it. Steve Sisolak. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the Tampa mayor's worse. Oh, yeah. I mean, th- it was, let's it was not so trip cr- over that bar. It was so crazy here that first year in expansion. Everyone's so, like, excited and everything. This is the latest, like, yeah, this just in. Your team's good. Like, someone said the other night, and I this has to be true, right? This just in. When, when they win, they win it, they'll definitely obviously be, I mean, it's silly because it's so obvious that winning cups closest together, back-to-backs. I mean, no one's ever won it. I mean, it's like under 200 days or something like that since the since the pandemic and when they won. Right, yeah. So, because... I mean, they're going to... 
How about all these guys who just, you know, because you get the cup for a day or two or whatever to take it around. It's like, hey, we just did this. Like, it's, I, I just did this like, <laughs> yeah, last I'm month. Sure, I'm like, sure I was, as a kid they were like, ah, yeah, this is going to get old hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got to take it back to my hometown to the boys club. We just did this like last week. I don't even want to see it again. Yeah, I don't want to see that. Just give me the ring and let's go. <laughs> I forgot that they did win it not just last year, but in such a short amount of time. Yeah, it's like October. When did they win that thing? I think October. Yeah. John Cooper. I mean, John Cooper. <laughs> we should enjoy this. I don't know if we can do next year what we did this year. What have like ninety million dollars <laughs> of this on, of salary cap? You probably won't be able to do that again. Listen, if you are capable of making the playoffs without your best player playing, then you deserve to be able to hide him on long term IR for the entire season. Oh, listen, I'm not ripping it just by the fact of the Golden Knights fans alone response. I love it. Well, like any response to this team's ripping Tampa Bay because the whole salary cap thing, I laugh. It's like, right. whatever, you do the same and thing. And especially Gold Knights fans, because the two teams that tried to screw with the salary cap the most this year were Tampa yeah. and Vegas. And the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights decided we're not going to play with a full lineup right. in like eight games. Including the most important right. game of the year. Because of the salary cap. Yeah. Like, there's two teams that manipulate the salary cap. One of them did it better than the other, and because they're, they're about to the win Stanley the cup. cup final. Yes, exactly. The other the, team not as good, not as successful doing it. The part that confuses the bleep out of me is the people, the Golden Knights fans, who are rooting for Tampa to beat the Canadians as like a revenge factor, yeah. and it's like, no, no, you want the team that beat yes. you to win yes. it all, yes, because that makes means you yes. came in like a quasi second yeah, place. Right. Exactly. Like imagine being the Avalanche right now. They lost to the team that lost to the, to the team, team that's going to lose to the, <laughs> to the Tampa team. Bay yeah. Lightning. That's, there's a lot of steps there to get there. At least if you lose the team that wins it, yeah, we lost the team that won it. Boy, the Golden Knights and their players and us to a to a degree really wanted everyone to believe Colorado is the best team. And like I'm watching this team right now, I'm like, I think that's the best team. <laughs> Every how much how many times did Pete DeBoer? And his players before and especially after because they wanted us to remind us yep. that they beat Colorado. Yep. We beat the best team. And then, like, you watch Tampa, like, yeah, I don't know. Best team, best player, best line. They said that's that about right. a hundred times. Best team, times. best player, best line. That's right. About a hundred times we heard at least one of those three in that series. Kucherov on the Avalanche? <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, one point on hockey is dumb. Uh, shots were 11 to 1 last night when Montreal scored the first yeah. goal of the game yeah. uh, in favor of Tampa. Yep. By the way, it's dumb sport. That's why 90% of it's just kind of being there. There are like 20 tweets. I don't like how Montreal's starting the game. They're flat. They're this. They're that goal. One nothing, <laughs> like, like one nothing Canadians. <laughs> okay. So one of the highlights I played coming back uh, in the remix was was uh, just genuinely the, the color commentary for Tampa going, You gotta take that shot, son! <laughs> like, like you're up against it. It's like... Uh, all right, like, come on, guys, you're gonna go back to Tampa. They'll be and fine. Beat the They're gonna go back and win, and lose like four, or win four to one, and that'll be that. All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's briefs, and I will keep arguing that Ed is not the one that said whacking that thing around. <laughs> Bischoff's briefs. We we take a lot of pride in being very analytical here. Um, we use a lot of statistical data, tendencies. Bischoff's brief. Got a lot of respect for the percentages of blitz on second and one to six, third and five to ten. Bischoff's briefs. We take analytics as far as we can, but at the end of the day, there's still a lot of human error that I continually make. Bischoff's briefs. 
I don't believe any of those statistics. I think it's all hogwash. What are you laughing at? I just love that bit where, where he says two completely different things. And it's not like it's completely different on what color the uniforms are. These are kind of important things like analytics where you either believe or you don't. And it was complete opposite. I love that bit. Yeah. John Gruden, he's into it. I just enjoy the, there's plenty of human error that I continue to make. <laughs> that is a good point. That is a good point when he says that. All right. So he's got a guy in his ear. Just telling him what to do. He's just saying, no, can't do that. Got to kick the field goal. Daniel Carlson, all-time leading scorer, NFL history. Um, all right. Bischoff's briefs today. I know you guys are probably looking at the rundown. It says something about the Raiders defense. Yeah, that's I'm, why I played that. I'm changing it. Um, I'm going to talk about the Phoenix Suns. Because, <laughs> okay, uh, did you guys know the Phoenix Suns were the best mid-range shooting team in the NBA this year? No. They scored the most points in the mid-range of any team, and as a team, they shot the highest percentage from the mid-range this year. Now, a uh, story on ESPN, Chris Paul this year made 51.7% of his mid-range jumpers. He is the fourth player in the last 25 years to hit at least 51% of his mid-range jumpers. Uh, Kevin Durant and Dirk Nowitzki are the only two in the last 25 years to have a higher percentage over a single season on mid-range jumpers than what Chris Paul did this year at 51-plus percent. Devin Booker also made 49% of his mid-range jumpers this year. Not quite where Chris Paul was, but still a very good percentage on the mid-range. So, Suns, best team in the NBA by both volume and percentage on mid-range jumpers. And here's the thing. When you hit 50% of your mid-range jumpers, you enter into the territory of, okay, that's a shot that you probably are okay taking. Like the whole reason the mid-range game is, is being taken out of basketball is because it's, it's an inefficient shot. Because if you make 40% of your mid-range jumpers, well, all I've got to do is hit like, what, 28% from three, and I'm a better shooter than you than you are. I get more points per shot than you do on your mid-range jumpers. But when you start getting about 50%, now it's actually an efficient shot. But what's funny, this year, the NBA average on three-point shooting was 36.7%. To be better than 36.7% from the mid-range, you've got to hit 55.1%. So even though Chris Paul had one of the best mid-range seasons ever, he still is four percentage points, four percentage points away from being better than an average three-point shooter or more efficient than an average three-point shooter. So even though the Suns are in the finals, even though the Suns are the best mid-range shooting team, they still shouldn't be taking very many mid-range jumpers. I am surprised, and you probably aren't because you're not a mid-range jumper guy, that the average you said is in the 30 percentile. That's for, that's for threes. For threes. 36.7% okay, okay. is threes. And what is the overall average for mid-range? Uh, I'd have to look that up to be 40s, obviously. Sure. Uh, maybe. College basketball, it's about 39. Man. So NBA is probably higher. But as it's good as probably... they are offensively, that if they're not in the mid-40s, that's right. to me it's surprising because they're amazing offensively. Right. Well, and again, that's the, the whole point here is that Chris Paul, is he, this year he shot 51.7% from the mid-range, and that's the third best in the last 25 years of basketball. It am is nearly impossible to shoot over 50% in the mid-range. Am I forgetting, or you probably will say yes, I'm for, am I forgetting that it It surprises me Dirk was active from the mid-range? 
Uh, that was a I'm shot. Sh- I, that that fadeaway. Yeah, he was seven. He was a Durant. Seven did, Durant never surprised me about yeah. anything offensively. He can yeah. do everything. He was, but uh, Dirk was a seven footer that would shoot a fadeaway from fifteen feet, and you literally couldn't block it. You couldn't even contest it because he was seven footer and he was fading away. You couldn't get into his eyesight. But yeah, and again, like I would only, not have put Dirk at the top two. But again, the other part in this, that's only one season from Dirk. Dirk didn't do that every okay. year. That's one season that Dirk hit 51% of his mid-range jumpers. Even Kevin Durant. It's only one season he was over 51%. Uh, on she his surprised me he's not more, to tell right. the truth. Because, like, Devin Booker hitting 49%, that's kind of where most guys yeah. max out, is if even good mid-range shooters, you're still usually under 50% on mid-range shots. I haven't seen, because, you know, I, I guess, well, I don't watch a lot of Suns games, but one thing that stood out to me in playoffs is exactly what you're talking about, is how many rid- mid-range jumpers Devin Booker takes and appears to how many he makes. Yes. He's so good. He, that, like, I, I thought that watching them... I think against the Clippers, I'm like, man, he takes a lot, but he is really good. Yeah, he he and Chris Paul, excellent this year. And they, again, they made a high enough percentage that you don't look at it as really a bad shot. Like, it's not as ideal as a three, but if you're going to hit 50% of your mid-range jumpers, yeah. that's fine to take them, right? That's perf- That's a perfectly fine shot. Then, And the other key with, like, mid-range jumpers is there are going to be times when you you have to take them, right? Like a defense, defenses are going to win possessions mm-hmm. and you're going to be forced into bad shots. But more specifically with this series, like how teams defend ball screens can lead to teams making mid-range jumpers. And what it's one of the things the Bucks do is when teams take their big guy and instead of switching or trapping or even just hedging, when they take the big guy on a ball screen and drop him into the paint to basically say, okay, you're not getting a, you're not driving down. Well, you're not going to drive the then you're, you're forced to take a mid-range right. jumper. That that's leaving open the mid range. Now it'll be interesting to see in the series how much do the Bucks change that because the Suns actually take that mid range shot and they actually make it enough to where you say, oh, we probably need to stop that. Whereas most teams, you'd say, whatever, well, take the mid range jumper. Are you going to be? Gar- I mean, if Giannis is out there, then you're going to be guarding a lot of ball screens with Brooke Lopez. Yeah, and Oof. that and that's part of it. Is Oof. Brooke Lopez? You're better off normally with him dropping into the right. paint. And because that is, you know, you don't want him running out. Well, you don't want him running at Devin Booker off the bounce. Right. But then (laughs) I know there was a a story over the weekend where they broke down, like, the history of the ball screen and how Steve Nash made it, like, he and Amari Stoudemire, like, thrust it into, hey, this is the offense. Instead of just being a part of a play, it's like, this is the offense. And Damian Lillard had a quote that he was like, his favorite ball screen defense to see is when a team drops their big guy. Because he says that's the easiest thing for me to pick apart. So, is it a great defense? It kind of depends on who you're playing. And against the Suns, it's probably not. But with Brook Lopez, what else are you doing, right? Do you, do, are you trusting him to slow down Chris Paul and recover to DeAndre Ayton and roll into the basket or something like that? Probably not. So, that'll be interesting to see. Do, can the Suns make enough mid range jumpers against that coverage to make the Bucks change? Translation, they need Giannis. Yeah, they be helpful. They need Giannis. Be helpful defensively if they could have Giannis yeah. out there. He's kind of he's kind of big and long. He can kind of do everything except shoot. Kind of he, he won a few MVPs. He has to do something. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by Chelsea Gray of the Las Vegas Aces. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now from the Las Vegas Aces is Chelsea Gray. Chelsea, how are you this morning? Chelsea? I'm great. How are you? Good. Uh, before we get into anything with the Aces, uh, I do. I am curious. How did you find out? What was it like uh, when you found out you were going to be on the Olympic team? 
it was kind of a blur. I got a phone call, and we were kind of talking about the weather. And I was like, I just need to get into it. Like, yes or no? Yes or no? <laughs> and so um, she finally, Carol finally called, and she was like, uh, well, I want to congratulate you. After her congratulations, kind of everything else, like I needed an email about logistics and things. I don't remember anything. So that was kind of how the, the, the initial call worked. Wait, wait. Man, she uh, called you and tried to make small talk about yeah. the weather before telling you you uh, made it? I'd be a little nervous yeah, if the we, first thing he said is it's really hot outside. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I was like, it's hot outside. She was in Puerto Rico, so she was talking about that. I was like, okay, got that out the way. So <laughs> let's get to the meat of the conversation. <laughs> yes, it's hot. I'm in Vegas. Now, did I make the team? <laughs> um, <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> We we talked to Asia Wilson, and she said when she got the call, she was driving, and she had to pull over because it wasn't going to be good whether she made the team or not uh, for her to drive the rest of the way home. So I'm assuming you would have been in the same situation had you been driving. Definitely, definitely. Good thing I was at home. I actually <laughs> missed the first initial call because I was in a meeting, and so the second call was just, I was just waiting for it. <laughs> What about it? I mean, look, you're, you're an Olympian, but uh, to go there, you know, the whole t- the whole story about the last year, what happened with the protocol, COVID. Uh, give us your emotions as you as you get to go there and, and compete in this. It's amazing, you know. I have suffered a lot of injuries in my career, like before in college, and so I didn't really picture this happening for myself. Um, it's always been a goal. It's always been a dream. I work hard. Um, I know I put the time in and effort to be able to be on this stage and, and make this type of team. But when I look back and the struggles I did, uh, I went through to get here, I'm super proud of like myself. And so I think this is the first time of me like, okay, I've kind of arrived and this is, you know, the top of the top. It doesn't get much better than this. Uh, you have another teammate that's going to be on the three-on-three Olympic team in Kelsey Plum. I'm curious, what what are your thoughts on three on three? Do you think you would like playing that better than five on five? I don't think so. I think three on three was made for in the, with Kelsey Plum in mind. <laughs> um, she's in great shape. She's able to score the rock, play defense, and have fun doing it. And so I'm super happy for her and be able to share this Olympic experience with both of my teammates. Um, so I'm I'm excited for her, and hopefully we can go and watch her play as well. I almost wish Lambeer had to give you the news so he would pause for like 20 minutes and just talk about like breaking down X's and O's of the next opponent. And the whole time you're waiting for Lambeer to tell you if you made the Olympic team or not, but he wants to talk to you about like setting up the next game. Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, Chelsea, we we talked to you before the season started, and I asked if you had a Bill Lambeer story, and you said not yet. It hadn't been long enough. You're into this season a little bit. Do, Do you have a Bill Lambeer story yet? I just know one time in a timeout, he was like, run this play, and but he couldn't draw it. And I was like, give me the board. Give me the board. And so I had to draw all of the play. He was like, oh, yeah, maybe that's it. And I'm like, yes, it's for sure it, Bill. So, the, you know, those are those types of moments that we have during timeouts. Oh. oh my God! That's uh, the only thing better is if you called Mark Davis over to draw it up. That would have been really cool. Oh. Man, it was about the same since he didn't know how to draw it up either. <laughs> That's excellent. Uh, I, I love the... Okay, how many people have actually taken the board to draw instead of Bill during a timeout? Um, I've taken the board. Assistants have taken the board, but that's about it. He usually draws up some pl- okay. good plays, but that one particular time, he just knew what he wanted, but drawing it up just wasn't working for him. Uh, so... 
The WNBA All-Star Game this year, it's going to be you guys as the Olympic team against what is the WNBA All-Star team. So that means Liz Cambage and Asia Wilson are on different teams. Can you make sure that it's set up that they just simply guard each other the entire game? I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. Bierka was just like, "Hey, pass me the ball." I was like, "You're on the opposite team. That's just not going to work for me. I'm not getting a turnover because of you." So it'll be fun. It'll be a great competition, but I'm sure we're all going to have fun with it. Yeah, don't lead the game in turnovers. That wouldn't be good. You make your yeah, teammate happy. Yeah, not trying to do that. Uh, you guys, I want to ask you this because a lot of it's um, kind of mind games in terms of uh, you in Seattle. You've gotten them twice. It, does it matter, do you think, that you want to beat them in the regular season, but how much does that help if you meet in the finals? Like, Is there any edge at all, or is it just a long season and everything changes? If this is, again, the final, to get them twice, how much does that actually help you guys? Actually, it helps a lot because when you go down to game by game and you talk about seeding, like a lot of the first uh, one or two or even one, two, three, and four – it's like in between one game, maybe two games. So to be able to have the tiebreaker on Seattle with the overall um, with the overall record between each other, like that's super important. So if we come down the line and our records are tied, we look at who has a tiebreaker. And so leading into the playoffs, that who that's who has home court advantage. So I think it's that every game is important, and you want to be able to you know every team has a mini series. You want to be able to be the leader in those mini series. Chelsea, you guys set a franchise record last game with 118 points. I'm curious, what was Bill Lambert unhappy with after that game? Um, I'm trying to think what this man comes in the, in the locker room and says to us. <laughs> um, actually, he was really proud of our effort. You know, okay. there was the beginning of the game where we were down six or something like that point. And he's just like, it's a long game, whether you're up 10, minus 10, it's a 40-minute game. And so that's been our mentality. And um, that's what he was just proud of us in the way we fought throughout the whole game. Well, at least he couldn't be mad at running the wrong play. He doesn't know any of them. So, I mean, that's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. What, what has, uh, I guess, playing with these players that you knew before surprised you the most in a good way? Like what being on this team and now playing with them, what has surprised you the most? Uh, I knew they were great athletes. I knew, you know, they could put the ball in a basket, but they're actually great people as well. Um, and so I didn't know that side of them. And so you enjoy being around them. I enjoy being on the bench, making jokes, or even talking basketball, um, talking strategy in the locker room, having fun with it. So I'm actually able to enjoy that part, uh, being able to be teammates now. You know, you compete against them, and you want to take away the, good, the things that they're good at and give them the things that they need that they're not so good at. And so now we're all flourishing together, but having fun doing it. So you guys have Dierica Hamby, who named the WNBA All-Star team, Kelsey Plum, who's on the three-on-three Olympic team, and I think she's averaging her career high in points this year. Uh, both of those players come off the bench. What's it like having a team where those two are coming off the bench? You know, when you have a great team um, that meshes together, some, some people aren't going to, you know, you can't start 10 people. Um, so I, I think the mentality has always just been, you know, you want great players out there, and whatever that looks like is whatever that looks like. And I think our team understands that. But when they come in the game, like they're coming in the game to to do what they do. Um, and so we have we support the heck out of them. They're great players. You know they can start on the, any team, um, but everybody has their role, and they understand that, and they're able to come in and do their job and 
be great at it, and we're going to need that to be able to make this championship run. Uh, you won a title with Sparks actually in Game 5, 11 straight points, had a huge difference there. Now you make the Olympic team, uh, you know, the goal is a gold medal. Where in your career does that in WNBA championship rank, and how much can you now lend to the, the team you're on that is one of the favorites but uh, hasn't gotten over the hump? Yeah, it's, it's, it's up there. Um, I think the goal in the WNBA is always to win a championship. You know, you talk about people that's been in this league for 10-plus years and never held up a trophy. You know, that's, that's hard. it's hard to win a championship. And so you can't take that lightly. I'm, I'm happy to be able to say that I have one, but I think when you're a champion, you want more and you want to be greedy. And so Olympics is up there. I think that's probably number one because, you know, you're one of 12 being selected, and a lot of different people were, were, were told no, and I was told yes. So I hold that in the highest regard. But a championship, that, that's right under it. That's right under and I definitely want to get that this year. All right, hold on. Important question here because this year you guys are averaging 16 three-point attempts per game. That is the highest the Aces have ever averaged under Bill Lambeer. You've now told us that you've had to take the board from him to drop a play. How much credit should we be giving Chelsea Gray for the Aces shooting more threes? Um, maybe because I could throw a couple, uh, couple nice passes, skip passes to the three-point line that, don't, <laughs> that the defense don't really see. But I'm not walking down that, walking down that path with Bill. He's probably listening here, and um, I'm getting a message pretty soon. Well, if you haven't guessed, we like to have fun with Bill Lambeer. So I will ask you this: How would he have played on either your Spanish or Turkish championship teams? Like, how would he's, he hasn't coached out of the states? I don't think so. Put him in Spain or, or Turkey, and how would that have gone with the you know the translation? I don't know if he could have driven uh, driven a play up there, uh, but how would he have done uh, across the sea? Um, he would have landed probably on that Thursday and be back home <laughs> on that Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a good coach, great coach, you know, legendary, legendary player. But there's a different type of beast when you're going across the water. <laughs> well, she is Chelsea Gray for the Las Vegas Aces. We hope you didn't get you, get you in too much trouble with Bill Lambeer. Thanks, Chelsea. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chelsea. It. Good luck to you. Thank you so much. Oh, give me the whiteboard. <laughs> what play? That is, that is That's phenomenal. That is, that is the definition yeah. of what like I have to do with my dad. With like, just give me the remote. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just I will put the movie I will put, on. I'll put the movie on. I'll put the batteries in. Give me the remote. I know what you want. Yes. I will get you there. It'll be perfectly. Fine. What I, I, if she drew up like three straight plays for three pointers, Lambier would have passed out. <laughs> I mean, he, had to leave, he would have had to leave the arena if she, like, we're going to do this, this, and this. Wait a minute. Those are all three-point shots. Yeah. Yes, they are. Do you know how great it would have been <laughs> if she's like, give me that. I know what we're doing. She draws up a play for Kelsey Plum to shoot a three. Uh, Lambeer's just watching like, no! <laughs> no! Get him on the block! <laughs> would have been great. All right. We have two tickets to give away. USA Basketball is coming to Las Vegas. The men's and women's teams are going to be here uh, starting on July 10th. The men's team is going to play Nigeria at Michelob Ultra Arena at Mandalay Bay. So if you want to go see USA against Nigeria on July 10th, we got two tickets right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We'll take caller number six at 702-364-1100. You'll get to go see the USA men take on Nigeria. People out there that think I embarrassed my son. Has he asked me to take down my social media? He has before. And he says, Mom, if it's about money, I'll give you money. 
So Zach, I don't need your money. He says, Mom, you don't embarrass me, but I can't stand these people treating my mom like crap. And I said, Zach, you know what? If you saw the messages that I receive every single day from women that started exercising again, women that are learning to cook for the first time ever, women that are changing their relationships with their husbands, women that tell me that the only reason they're getting out of bed is because of my Instagram. The only thing that kept them from taking a handful of pills is because something I said that day resonated with them. I refuse to abandon those people. I can take the heat, bring it on. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on West Sahara. Congratulations to Buddy. He won a pair of tickets <laughs> to go see USA Basketball against Nigeria on July 10th. Um, that was Lisa Wilson. She is the mother of new New York Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson. And, and a, She was the one at the draft that everyone went, okay, Zach Wilson's mom. Uh, and apparently, yeah, she is, uh, she's insane on social media <laughs> to the point where her son, she just said her son tried to pay her to no longer to, post to on not Instagram. Post on Instagram? Tried to pay her? He said, hey, please deactivate that. I'll give you money. I haven't seen where he signed his deal. He better hold off on that. I don't think he's only the quarterback I think signed right now is Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> might have seen that guy in some OTAs and said, eh. And what is she talking about? These Okay, for, and she also said, well, if you could see all the women that I help, first off, he's your son. Just send him a screenshot of all these women that you help. That's not that hard to show them. Yeah. But also, I'm I'm looking at her. She has a fitness Instagram. There's There's what what there's no fitness on here. It's a picture of her family in this one. It's a picture of uh, the greatest showman, some movie or something like that. Like, what's wh- who is she helping? I'm trying to. I don't understand. But anyways, that's uh, Zach Wilson's mom. That's a first round pick. That is like, that's the mom of a like high school athlete that a college coach might say, I'm not recruiting that kid no matter how good he is because I don't want to deal with that. I'm trying to now. You got me I just, interested. I'm, I'm looking just, up the I'm Instagram. Enjoying the, uh, I'm enjoying I'm the fact the that like all of Twitter went like, "All right, Zach's <laughs> Zach's mom," and well, she's like, "I'm empowering women." It's like I don't think you think I don't think a lot of your followers are following you for the reason you think they are. I'm 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 five rows deep into three pitchers in each row, and I haven't seen one fitness pitcher. Right. I'm so confused. Who is she helping, or how is she helping? I don't. I don't. People are getting out of bed to see family pictures. Right. They're. they're <laughs> like. I mean, she could crop out the family. Yeah. Yeah. I just. I mean, what what she's saying, she does. I mean, good for her, but we're seeing no evidence of it. No. Like. No, but it's also it's such a it, maybe maybe she isn't from Utah, but just everything she said in that that clip, it's like that is a Utah mom, that is a Utah stay at home mom if I've ever heard of one. Fitness, fitness inspiration. I'm teaching for people the rest to cook. Utah. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Um, Ed, do you want to hear more about my fake horses? Oh, oh no! I don't oh, know no. if we've ever done a more popular segment oh, than our no. fake horse segment. It I was. Saw, I, I saw got, people I, like excited about that. The one guy said Tyler explaining it to Ed and Jared was classic. Right, it's the best segment we've ever done. 
Go for it, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, uh, how can <laughs> we say no? How can we say no to more of that? Well, we sold two horses yesterday uh, for three hundred each, so we made six hundred on the yeah six hundred on those two horses. Um, our superstar horse, he's won his last two races, uh, but he's he's. He's he's gone down a little in terms of what we Value? think he's going to be. Yeah, because he's he so in the fake horse racing, the digital horse racing here, there are different classes to try to keep like the really good horses from not racing with bad horses. Okay, okay. So there's five classes. Matchmaking. Yeah. He yeah. was awesome in class five. He was awesome in class four. He's in the class three, and he's not quite as awesome. Why does it keep going down in class? If he's no, because good, because remember, you know, class one, class it's one is the oh, best. Oh, I'm sorry, you're going to Cindy. Okay, so yeah, class yeah, yeah. one is the best horse. Okay, yeah, right. I thought five. Okay, so right. he's in the class. Wait, three. he's already blown in three. Well, eh. he's not terrible, but he's not as good as he was before. To get to two, you have to win so many races. Yeah, so you get uh, it's a point system. You get four win points. Play show. You get four points if you win. Three second, right. two third, one fourth, and then you get minus four if you come in last. Minus three if you come in eleventh. Wow. Because here's okay, the best possible horse you can have. Well, the best possible horse is one that wins every race, but that doesn't happen. But the best realistic horse you can have is one that finishes first as much as it finishes twelfth. Okay. Because you want to stay in the worst class possible to have the worst field you're running against. So for every time you finish first, you actually want to finish last. Is there any way to middle this and you find out who does the simulations? You pay that dude off so you can then <laughs> sell your horse for a lot of money. Like if you know there's some Joey in like some basement in you know New Jersey, someone's like, "Yeah, hey, Joe, you know you make my horse win a lot. I'll like split the profits with you." Who, who's doing the simulation? Some guy, is some guy like pushing a button? Should be legal. Yeah, I mean, is some guy pushing a button? Sound like my girlfriend? She thinks I'm going to jail for this. this no, but like this definitely feels. <laughs> well, like... if you do, don't eat any of the ricotta in jail because then she's not going to be there for you. So if they're savoring your ricotta, you know, inside the uh, inside the jail, is I can't eat that. Yeah, you're, uh, a gentleman named the Hammer will yes, be the there hammer to catch you. He'll be there to catch you. I trust the Hammer. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so now we are. Yeah, we're we're doing well. We've sold. Who decided to sell the horses? Or is it like prop swap? Someone makes you an offer, like they email you, and like, hey, I like those two horses. I'll give you six hundred bucks. So there's two. There's there's a website where you can list horses for sale at a certain price. But then there's also Discord. There's a big Discord community where you can talk to people and you can just post in there. You're hey, talking to other fake horse people. I've, yeah, yeah, we yeah we are. Who, how many? How many? Just, how many? Okay. just sell the horse? How many? How many people own your horses? There are four of five of us in our group. Five. Yes, five of like us. Who's in the our lead group. guy? What if like you, you all disagree well, or something? Okay, I do not own the highest percentage. Uh, we have a majority owner, um, <laughs> but I would say I am the most influential. Is it Lashbrook? Well, yeah, because you just never, you, you probably never give up. You got all these analytics for finding oh, like, yeah, oh, whatever, dude. Sell so the much. stupid horse. We got things to do. So much. Because there's a website you can go and look at recent sales and, and see all the horses that have sold. <laughs> I'm always on there trying to see who's sold and what compares to our horses. It's great. Is the guy who tweeted explaining to us was great the one who also tweeted like a picture of one of the races? I saw that. I don't know. I can I show think you he, one I of think the he races. tweeted one. No, I saw one of the races for the first time. I'm like, this is what they do. This is everyone watching this stuff. It's great. This is, how many do you race every day? Um, we have recently, yes. Okay, um, you can enter any race. Like they don't tell you when you're racing. What? My are other owners? You decide when you race. It's not like hey, you, you guys can only race Monday, Wednesday, Friday because we've got too many horses on the computer. Oh no, yeah, you can race as much as you want. Okay. It's twelve horses in every race. They they open. You put your horse in, and if you're one of the first twelve to put your horse in that race, you're in that race. This definitely feels like 
because I play Madden, I own the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but like, somehow he's invested real money. Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We when do are... you find the time? You got six TVs with sports and you're doing horse racing? It's phenomenal. Yeah, it's baseball season. Yeah. That's phenomenal. This is this is the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Give me a year. I'll be retired. I'll fake horses. It's going to be great. I, got I can't add anything to that. <laughs>